Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Babbling with Brandy. Today's episode is Lawyered Up. Let's babble. Hello, hello to all my beautiful babblers out there. Today, we'll be talking to Janita Shamby, an attorney based in Chicago, Illinois, and has been practicing in several areas from criminal defense to family law since 2012. Shamby Law is a boutique agency focused on the outcomes of their clients' cases always being satisfactory. Attorney Shamby proved herself to be funny, witty, knowledgeable of the law, and passionate about people during our discussion. Listen to us babble. But wait, I need everyone to remember that nothing in this video or audio creates an attorney-client relationship, and nothing stated today should be considered legal advice. Now, listen to us babble. So we start off with icebreakers, Janita. Okay. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of movies and TV? I am a fanatic. I have to turn my brain off, so yes. Okay. These are easy ones, so let's let's okay. see. Let's see if she really is a fanatic, guys. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line from a um, I want to read a line from a movie or television show, and you got to tell me what television show or movie it came from. Mm. I know this okay. is okay, but. I picked easy ones this week, so I hope. <laughs> and just so um, everybody remembers, this is this part of the show is sponsored by Drop That Line. Drop That Line is a fun uh, game trivia game for uh, Black TV and cinema. Okay, so the first one is: Did I do that? Oh, uh, so that's Steve Urkel. Yes. Um. It's not family matter. It, it is. is. It's family matter. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Good. She got that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next one. This kind of. Oh, let's see. Hercules. 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 Oh, oh it's the clumps. Uh, uh, Nutty Professor. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. She got it. She got it. She got it. Okay. Okay. Good. So the next one is Eat the Cake anime. Oh, okay, that's Ike Turner because I'll be telling them all the time to do that. <laughs> so that's from What's Love Got to Do With It. Yes, good, good. She'll be the second person to get them all right out of over 20 conversations. Let me see. Okay, let's see. This one might be a little tough for real because I don't think I would have got it right. Okay, let's see. Okay. Nice like this. I wish. Raindrops will fall. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's Eddie Kane. Oh my yeah. God. Five heartbeats. She got all right, guys. That's what's up. That's what's up. She is a fanatic. She is a yes. fanatic. That's what's up. Yes. That's exciting. Okay. Okay. So she she is Janita is officially the second person to get this right. Okay. 
to get all of them correct. Okay, I gotta, I, I gotta play against the other Yes, <laughs> that's what we should do. We should do, <laughs> we should do a little round to everybody. <laughs> right. Okay, so as you guys already know, Janitha is a attorney. And so we have her here today to do a little bit of a Q&A for the questions that you guys asked online. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to talk to you about how you decided to become an attorney. Okay, so um, a lot of people always talk about how people don't live their actual dreams of what they wanted to be when they were a kid. Mm -hmm. I am one of those people that actually lived their dreams of what they wanted to be when they were kids. I uh, decided to be an attorney when I was much, when I was young, when I was a kid, when I was uh, eight, nine years okay. old, okay. you know. Um, and the reason why is that first it started off is that I always wanted to be whatever my oldest brother wanted to be. Okay. You know, I, I, I admired him uh -huh. and, you know, he said, I wanted to be this. I'm like, oh, well, I want to be, be that too, too okay. you know. Um, so anything, so even if he was like, I want to be a basketball player. Then yeah. I want to be a basketball player. That's you know what, what I'm saying? Okay. But then <clears throat> he also said that, you know, I want to be an attorney. Mm -hmm. Well, in the type of life that we were in, the, the childhood that we had, you know, that stuck with me. And I'm okay. like, oh, I want to be an attorney. He's like, oh, I want to be a professor. I'm like, oh, no, I want to be an attorney. Yeah. You know, I thought that That's that was. Change for yeah, you. yeah. Okay. I, I thought, like, uh, because of the type of childhood that we had, I thought that we needed more representation um, for black and brown mm -hmm. uh, people in that field that can help navigate through the justice system. Yeah. And I wanted to be that voice okay. for us, even at that age. I was just about age. to say, even at that age. Even huh? at that age, you. I know a lot of people wouldn't believe me, but I was. I was a nerd. I've been a nerd my entire <laughs> life. I'm still a nerd. Um, and I wanted to be, I would sit and have intellectual conversations with adults and be able to be on par with them, mm -hmm. even at that young age. And I wanted to be that representation. And so that's where it came from. I wanted okay. to be that then. And I followed that path throughout my educational career okay. um, all the way through. Okay. Okay, cool. So how difficult or not difficult was it to get through uh, school? I know some of your challenges because we're family, but I mean, uh, aside from that, just the schooling part of it, was it, was it a difficult time? How long did it take? Did you have to did you have to do like, um, did you ever have to like retake classes or did it take you longer than the average person to? So again, nerd. <laughs> um, no, school has always been easy for me. Okay. Um, it just, it always just clicked. It always just made sense. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't even know how to study until I got into college because I didn't need to study okay. until then. Um, social aspects that was the difficult part for okay me. um i the didn't really that, that was that i was socially awkward i okay. didn't even i didn't really know how to have friends i books i knew 
people I didn't know. Gotcha. So that that's where the awkwardness came in. But no, books I knew, they were my friends. Um, so school was the easy part. I got through school fine. Um, I, um, you know, I, I went on through, you know, went through high school, went through um, college, got into college. Um, I ended up having my son, um, right. my, uh, I got pregnant my last year in college and my mom, uh, I, I, you probably remember this, she was so afraid, oh my God, no, you're not going to go to school, you're not going to finish. And I'm like, hello, have you met me? Right. My name's Janitha. <laughs> yeah, like nothing stops me. Right. So I went ahead and finished and like, um, he was born three months before I finished college and right. had, you know, as soon as I was out the hospital. I was right back, back into in right back into college, and he was sitting right next to me in his little sleeper while I'm finishing up in school. Went on went on into uh, law school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, school was the easy part for me, um, and and even through law school, I end, end up finishing law school. You know, a semester early just okay. because I wanted to get through it. I did have I I, I did. Um, take a year longer than I anticipated, mm -hmm. but it wasn't because I needed to. Uh, it wasn't because I needed to take more classes. It was because I wanted to take more classes. Mm -hmm. um, while I was in college, I ended up taking on a minor. Oh, so okay. yeah, I majored in criminal justice, and mm -hmm. then I I loved philosophy. I had a particular teacher that he just intrigued me so much that I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I want to take on this extra, and I end up taking up a, a, a minor in philosophy. Mm -hmm. So that took me a, a year extra than I anticipated. But that was the easy part. Um, and so it, it, it does take some time, mm -hmm. but it was something that I was passionate about, and it was something that I always followed mm -hmm. throughout. Um, and funny enough, I actually won my first case mm -hmm. when I got out of uh, out of the hospital from being pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah, and a lot of them talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. but my landlord came after us. Really? Yeah, for unpaid rent. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we didn't have the money, it's just that me, being a, re being a reader, already knowing this, he wasn't doing some things that he should have done. Okay. And he wanted to take us to court. And I'm like, Your Honor, you know, can, you know, please, can we push this back because I'll be having a baby. So as soon as I get out the hospital, I'm pushing my son. I can barely stand up. Any mom out there that, that's had a baby would yeah. know what it feels like uh. <laughs> after pushing out a baby. I'm, I'm small and I push out an eight, eight pound, one ouncer. <laughs> so I'm pushing that baby out. And everybody in everybody in court is losing against their landlord. Everybody, everybody. Oh, wow. They're putting out these. And so I'm like, I'm telling my uh, my baby daddy, I'm like, look, don't say anything. Just let me handle this. I am in so much pain at this point. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You know, I just got out of hospital for a week because I was sick mm -hmm. that entire time. So okay. um, I'm, I'm just exhausted. But anyway... I go in there, I put my evidence on, I show the, I show the hospital, I mean, I show the doctor. Mm -hmm. I show the doc, uh, not the doctor, the judge. The I show judge. the judge. I'm uh -huh. still tired, y'all. <laughs> I show the judge what was going on and everything. Not only did we win our case, not only did we not get evicted, we got to still live in that apartment mm -hmm. rent-free um, uh, until the landlord 
fix what he was supposed to have fixed. Mm -hmm. And he was so mad the the courtroom went up away. yeah the courtroom was in a, in an uproar everybody uh -huh. no one can believe it we uh -huh. were the only ones the to only tenants to win against their landlord that yeah. day so and that was confirmation for you it was confirmation i mean i couldn't take part in the joy because again i'm tired yeah. i just want to be in a bed and somewhere right <laughs> i just want to be in a bed somewhere uh, you know I, i'm exhausted but, you know, just something like that to be able to help other people like that. So, that mm -hmm. yeah, that was confirmation for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I that was the easy part. Mm -hmm. So, my question is, before we get into the Q&A, is I was just about to ask you, but you kind of told me what your first case taught you. Mm -hmm. And so I guess your first case taught you that you could be an attorney, that you could really do this. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you would say? It, it, it did. It taught me to, you know, your case is your case. You can't, you can't develop facts that aren't there. You can only put on the facts that you have. Mm -hmm. And you can only argue what's in front of you right you know and you just do it to the best of your ability mm -hmm. um you take the emotions out of there you put your facts on and you tell your story okay you know and that's what i did i told my story i went in there and i went in there knowing that this i can win or i can lose but all i can do is tell my story, tell story. yeah and that's what i did okay um Totally unrelated. You know where that nose ring in court, do you? I do now, yeah. You do? I do. Even on Zoom? Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. In Zoom court too? Yeah. I That's can't take it out. That's I what's up. You know what? I have a friend, right? And my, my friend, he's just like, you know what? This is a different age of attorneys. And we are. Uh -huh. We are. You know, attorneys going there with blue hair, uh -huh. purple hair. I wore a fuchsia wig one time. Wow. Yeah, I wore a fuchsia. And judges, they be like, <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Yeah, you know, because it's, just, it, so it's, not, it, the it, it's not the same not as it was. So in the buttoned back. up, right? Because it's about what you know, not necessarily what you look like. Yeah, it, and believe me, if you guys knew what some of those judges had on, under those robes, <laughs> we are way more dressed up than what they have on. I've seen a judge that came in with Bermuda shorts on wow. under their robes. So. Yeah. They can't. They That's can't. That's kind of similar to what's going on under this desk right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on my side. I'm all, from from the waist up, y'all. I'm always gonna be. But. And that's all that matters. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I guess I want to just kind of get into mm -hmm. uh, the questions that the audience had for you. Um, I know you said about storytelling, so I'm I'm going to ask you that question first. Mm -hmm. So. One of them said that the, it's like some type of folklore or whatever that um, the difference with winning a case is the lawyer that wins told the best story. Is that like, is, would you consider that to be true? Is that like a real thing? Is that what it is? Is, 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 um, is it storytelling? Would you consider it storytelling when you're in the courtroom? Really quickly, I had a case where it was a rape case. Okay. And it was her word against his word. Obviously, my client is the defendant, um, mm -hmm. 
and I was representing him. It was a young guy, 17, she was 17. Okay. And um, I, we don't have enough time for me to tell you guys the whole story. I'll just tell you that by the time I was doing my closing, I had seven drawers crying in um, okay. uh, my closing. Uh-huh. My client walked. Storytelling. It, there, there, there are three sides. There's his side, there's her side, there's the truth. Okay. It's who get who who presents their facts the best. The best. Yeah. Okay. And Got it. Yeah. I had seven jurors were in there crying and then the state tried to get back up there and oh and this, this, that, and others like, nope, since it's too late. It's, it's too late. I got them. Yeah. It took them one hour to give their uh to give their deliberation. My client went home for Thanksgiving. Wow. Oh, was this recent or this means some years ago? This was about 2019. Okay. Okay. Yep. So the next question is, what is the difference between an expungement and a seal? Okay. So you can get an expungement. When you have an expungement, expungement obliterates your record. It acts as though your record never even existed. Okay. It takes care of the arrest record. It takes care, like, so from the arrest all the way through to the court, it it wipes it out. And no one will ever be able to see and it And no one can see that. Exactly. So that person, I'm sorry, just to be clear, a person, when they get there, get expunged, can they go and apply for, like, the police? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, sealing, all it does is that it seals the record so um, no one other than a government entity will be able to see it. So if you need to get fingerprinted, people, if you get fingerprinted, they can see it. So Got like for you. schools and things like that, Understood. they can see it. Okay. But uh, other than that, if it's just like a basic background mm -hmm. check, they can't see it. So like if there's a job where you didn't have to get fingerprinted, they can't see that information or if you're looking for housing they can but if you do if you get fingerprinted the those law enforcement agencies they can see it understood um for expungements you can only get an expungement if you if you did not have a conviction okay okay right so if you got a, if you have a conviction mm -hmm. then you cannot get an expungement even if it's a misdemeanor okay okay um, if you, and then there are waiting periods too. So for expungement, there's a two year waiting period after you've done whatever it is that you've had to do. So sort of like there's supervision, right. there's a two year supervision. After you're done with your two year supervision, then there's a two year waiting period before you can petition. Okay. Uh, for convictions, there's a three year, for exilium, there's a three year waiting period. So okay. you have to be done with whatever it is that you, your sentence, mm -hmm. and then do that three-year waiting period, then you can petition. Got it. And it has to be in a county in which you got your conviction or your um, supervision. Oh, that, that's, okay, so that's really yeah. good, clear information now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what's up, what's up? It's Ari from Banny's Beats, and I want you to check out Babbling with Brandy every Friday on Apple Podcasts. You need an attorney to do that? No, actually, every year, Cook County... Uh, well, first of all, let me put it like this. You never need an attorney to represent yourself. You have you can represent yourself pro se at any time. Okay. You cannot represent someone else unless you're an attorney. 
Okay. okay. So you can always represent yourself pro se. Okay. Okay. Um, but you will be treated as though you are an attorney if you decide to represent yourself. So ignorance of the law is not a defense. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, court is going to say like, well, you decided to represent yourself. So we're going to hold you to the standards of an attorney who decided to make this decision. Now, um, if you, um, if, if every year Cook County and some other counties too, have expungement um like fairs or something sort of like that and it's summits or something yes mm -hmm. right and it's normally around may or june mm -hmm. it's done through the cabrini green um legal aid clinic yeah. so always look out for that through the um cook county legal aid clinic um website so those work yeah because yeah. It, there's actually volunteer attorneys like myself okay that will volunteer their time to um, actually draft up the petition if you are eligible then you can get a fee waiver because normally it's 120 dollars to file the petition okay but if you're eligible then you can get the fee waiver and then you can go and file it in that um in the respective county yeah this was some good info okay good good good, good. um so one of the questions, now I don't even know how to expound on this because I'm not familiar with it, but I'm, I'm just gonna read the question. When Dorothy Brown was in office, she changed the child support law to review the income of both parents. How, how does that work? And is, it, is that new law working or whatever it is? So, Dorothy Brown did not do that of her own accord. What happened is that the law changed in Illinois, and that was back in 2017. What happened is that Illinois went from an obligor, obligee uh, system okay. to a shared basic income system, along with 39 other states that have okay. already been with the system. Mm -hmm. And so, what it does is that it looks at the income of both parents. So it's no longer just looking at the non-custodial parent to pay 20%, 25%, 30%, 35% of their income, depending on the amount of children that, that you have. Mm -hmm. Now it's looking at the income of both parents. And how it works is that um, it, it determines that what would both parents have contributed towards the rearing of the children had they lived together. Okay. And then there is a there is there are guidelines and there's a chart, sorry, there's a chart that says that um okay, we're gonna say that based on this income, if uh for this amount of children, this is how much, you know, it would take to raise these children. And so now who pays so then who pays the child support? Both parents, the idea is that both parents pays child support. It's just that the parent with majority of parents at time, because we no longer call it custody necessarily. Okay. Both parents with the majority, uh, the parent with the majority of custody, she puts hers, or I say she, time. but he or the, she, he or she uh -huh. puts theirs directly towards the child. And the non-custodial or the parent with less majority time pays their offset to the parent with the majority of time. Right. So I can give an example. If both parents, mom and dad, they make $100,000 together, $100,000 together a year. Right. They have one child. Mm -hmm. The court said that based on $100,000 a year, 
Um, it takes about a thousand dollars to raise this child. A month. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Mom, the child has majority of parents' of time with mom, so he's spending most of overnights with mom. Right. Okay. Mom makes forty thousand dollars. Dad makes sixty thousand dollars a year, which means that mom contributes forty percent of uh forty percent towards that. Dad contributes sixty percent. Because toward, he makes more. Because he makes sixty thousand. Okay. Okay. So which means that mom has to pay four hundred thousand. I mean four hundred dollars of that thousand dollars to uh, for child support. Dad mm -hmm. has to pay six hundred dollars of that thousand dollars to child support. But because child lives majority with mom, dad has to give that six hundred dollars to mom, and they put that their so money together baby. towards the baby. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Now, there are some other nuances, like if it's 50-50, then, you know, you can offset that. Again, you can, you know, anybody can always give me a call if right. they have more questions on that because there's a lot of nuances mm -hmm. in there in order to, like, even out that or change that amount and things like that. Okay. But, yeah, so it's a, it's a basic shared income. Um, okay. You know, there's some nice and, and things like that, but... It works out in a way it doesn't seem like it does uh, for some people because some people are just always, you know, mm -hmm. they're, 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 it's always going to seem like there's something different, but it works better than the past system. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, this question was interesting. Paying child support. Mm -hmm. The person is paying child support. And um, and then they discover it's not their child. You know, after however many years, do they get their money back? Guys, did you know that I have an extreme love for TV and movies? I'm also a huge fan of audiobooks, podcasts, and music. Soon, I'll have bonus episodes where I give my thoughts on media of all kinds, as well as talking to my friends about pop culture and trending topics. Don't forget to tune in to the Babylon Breakdown. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so there are several questions that need to be asked first. Okay. Did they, did they, did they uh, sign the birth certificate? Okay. Or did they sign a VAP, which is called, which is a voluntary acknowledgement of paternity? Okay. Or... Did they live as though the child was theirs? Here's the thing. A father has a right to say, I question this. Let me get a paternity test. If you waive that, and if you just sign the birth certificate, then no, you're not going to get that. Now, if there was some fraud in the beginning, if this person said like, oh, this is yours, and if the mom was hiding things, and if you can prove that there was some misrepresentation and some fraud, that she hid information from you that prevented you from going to get a paternity test, mm -hmm. then you may have like a case. Like if she made you believe that it was your baby and no reason for you to, is that what you're saying? Uh, it might have to be a little bit more than that. Like okay. you have to like really, like it had, Pride is a very high level. Burden of proof. Yes, burden okay. of proof. Okay. Um, other than that, if you if you're just if if you just willingly are willfully ignorant mm. and decided not to go, 
Right. Uh, or if you guys are in, and if you're if you're married and you're just like, oh, okay, I believe it. Of course, it's my, it's my baby. Right. You yeah. know, something like that. But it's a pretty high burden. Okay. So I don't I don't even know where to go with this because I don't know. I'm just thinking like, wow. Um, so if a person, so if this guy. He's just going, you said something like, did he go through life as if the child was his own? So this guy is just like going through, just taking care of the kid, right? And living as if the child is his own. And, but possibly never signed the birth certificate and never signed that other thing you said. They, they could potentially not get their money back. Correct. Because they was like taking them to the zoo and stuff or yes, whatever. Yes, you outwardly live as though that was your child. So I'm not gonna get into the people who don't the people who don't take care of their kids. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's there's so many nuances. Like you yeah. can you can go in That's so wild. many different directions. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay. That's a whole podcast in itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, we're gonna move on to the next questions because that's wild. So these questions are pretty much about um, traffic stops. Okay. Now, so um, we saw what recently happened in Memphis. Yeah, the Tyree Nichols. Mm -hmm. So our question is, how should a routine traffic stop go? What's a routine traffic stop? Good question. Okay. No one really knows, right? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, we're, we're still trying to figure that out. Okay. I don't even know if the police actually know. Right. <laughs> um, wow. So I guess the better question is, what are your rights when it comes to routine That's traffic? actually what the question, one of the questions um, that the guy asked, uh, he wanted to know what are my rights during a traffic stop yeah so um and i'm dealing with a case like this right now and um wow. yeah you don't have to answer questions right but you cannot obstruct justice so if they ask for your id your license and your license your registration your uh your insurance Mm-hmm. You have to give that over. Okay. That's about all you have to do. Okay. Okay. Um, if they ask you to get out the vehicle, you can't ask why, but you still also, you can ask for a supervisor. You That's can ask for, right, you can, a, you can ask you for a white that. shirt, you mm-hmm. know, um, but you still risk coming into contact with one of those officers mm-hmm. who are going to go beyond their duty. Mm-hmm. You're going to still come in con- you may still come into come in contact with one of those officers who are overzealous. Right. You know, and they say, "Oh, but you still got to do this and you you you're not following a lawful order." One of the good things, I know that we're not going to talk about the uh the nuances of the safety act now and mainly uh, one of the things that uh, the cash is bill, but one of the things that the Safety Act um, did still um, enact now is that the police cannot arrest you for 
uh, resisting an officer alone. Okay. Which is what a lot of times they were doing. They were pulling you over and you you know you were saying like well what am i being pulled over for are you are you resisting a lawful order that type of thing right okay. and then they can't figure out what to actually charge you with mm -hmm. so by the time you get a ticket by the time they figure all of this out after they've already beat you and did all these horrible things to you mm -hmm. you end up getting a ticket for resisting a resisting an officer resisting right. arrest mm -hmm. or something like that um, and that ticket was holding up in court. Well, that cannot be the basis of a ticket alone anymore. Okay. 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 So that's one of the things that the Safety Act um, did actually enact for us now. So that's okay. that's a good thing. Okay. Um, because that was a lot a lot of times that a lot of these stops are protectual. Mm -hmm. um, you. Can, you can ask questions. You can ask, what am I being pulled over for? Mm -hmm. You know, they need to tell you why. Okay. Now. So they, they, they're supposed to say why. They're supposed to tell you why. You have a right to know what you are being arrested for, if you are being arrested, what you are being curved for, if you are being stopped. Um, what are they going to come back with? Oh, well, we didn't actually arrest them. Mm -hmm. Well, you're... Am I free to go? And you can ask that question. Mm -hmm. Am I free to go? Okay, so always, so try and remember to ask that. Am right. I under arrest? Am I free to go? Because if you're not free to go, then you're you're detained. You're mm -hmm. under. You, you're essentially under arrest. Right. You know, at that point, you don't have to answer questions because unless they Mirandize you, mm -hmm. and even at that point, you don't have to answer their questions. You can ask for an attorney. Mm -hmm. You know, and please, everyone, ask for an attorney. Do not allow them to play that game with you where they, they call it an investi investi investigation stop for you. Or they just ask an investigation uh, questions or something like that because it can quickly turn into mm -hmm. um, interrogation. Mm -hmm. So don't let them play that game with you. Okay. Um, because they can even still use some of that. They say, okay. Oh, those are pre-Mirandized. They just, they just talk to us, you know. Okay. Don't let them play that game with you. Don't think that if you are if you cooperate with them they're going to let you go mm -hmm. no those are games that they, that they play they know that they're playing those games they know that people think that way and then they end up using that against you mm -hmm. so don't let them play those games with you okay um but to that extent if they are telling you those things live to fight another day just follow their directions if they end up taking you to jail just go to jail live to fight another day Get that and get your attorney. Get your, your attorney, attorney to take care of it. Yes, get your attorney. Live to fight another day. Don't think like, oh, well, I know my rights. Yes, you know your rights, but guess what? Live to fight another day. They're the police. Exactly. They're the and they'll come up with something, and they they say this blue veil. We know what blue veil actually means, mm -hmm. but live to fight another day. And I cannot stress that enough. Okay. Um. Well, before you. Okay, blue veil. What does that mean? They take this code of silence. They they try to make it seem as though like like what they're doing. They try to fight fight high behind qualified immunity. What qualified immunity mean is that that they were doing their job to the extent um, as far as they needed to go um, in order to in order to um, effectuate. 
their job, their duties mm -hmm. behind their job. So um, that you know, that's and if we're fighting excessive force, they're saying like, oh no, I've used enough force that I needed in order to effectuate the duties of my job, and then they'll hide behind qualified immunity. But you know, we're fighting like, well. You didn't need to punch me in my face in order to get the arrest. That's why we have these chokeholds. That's why we have these these body slams on the ground. Mm -hmm. That's why they're doing these tasings. Uh, they're using battering rams. They're mm -hmm. using all these things against a person's body who have who has. They don't have a weapon. They they're being there. These people are actually. Um, already in cuffs and they're still using this because they're saying, oh, you're, you're not listening to a lawful order of an officer. Um, and so, you know, in order to make you listen to me, I have to, I have to use this force against you to make you listen, you know. And then um, you have these other officers that are looking at this. They're not intervening. But they're behind this blue veil, so like we're gonna all be okay. We're gonna have this code of silence. We're gonna be protected. So it's like they, they, yeah. they don't say anything. So exactly. We're not gonna speak against our fellow officer. Exactly. Gotcha. And, and also another thing that the Safety Act also enacted is that now you have you have a duty to intervene. Officers have a duty to intervene. If you see a fellow officer going beyond their duties, you have. Have a duty to intervene or you will be charged to the same extent as that acting officer okay okay so that sounds yeah okay um cut what you said um actually brings up um another question for me um what do we do when or what does a person do when they have concealed and carry and they're armed is that what it's called? Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. You got a gun. Mm -hmm. They have a gun with them in the car. You're not required to tell the police. Oh, no. No, you're not. Even even if um even if um they ask you to step out the car or anything like that. Why are they asking you to step out the car? Oh, okay. So that's the that's the route you should be going. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't it, done anything wrong, Exactly. And so you'll fight that on a reasonable suspicion or a probable cause. They need probable cause to search you. They need okay. reasonable suspicion to stop you. They need probable cause to search you. Okay. And if, if they're lacking either of those, then they have a problem. Okay. Got you. Um, okay. So if they get, if, if you're asked to get out the car, they have to be asking you for a reason. They have to have a reason. They can't just be like when when you walk up to the car when they when they walk up to the car if they pull you over they can't say license and insurance step out the car exactly especially if it's just for a basic traffic stop right now here's the thing now okay. one of the things that they're going to try to use is the weed smell okay they can't use that anymore there's there there's case law out there now again now i am not advising anyone i am not giving out advice right now tell anyone to say oh my lawyer said uh -huh. do not do that mm -hmm. I am disclosing right now I am not giving anyone legal advice right now okay okay mm -hmm. I am just saying that with your respective attorney there is case law out there to say 
that weed smell is no longer a viable uh, reason for them to ask you to get out the car because as we know weed is legal here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they can't say oh yeah we you know we smelled uh, you know we smelled weed cannabis a strong mm -hmm. in the vehicle that's not enough of course I found that that's not enough okay but let your attorney fight that make that argument they ask you to get out get out for that reason again let your attorneys make that argument okay okay mm -hmm. i don't have any other questions from uh the from the audience but so now i'm going back into my stuff okay okay so how long have you been an attorney See, I started practicing in 2012. Okay. Yeah. So, so since day one, from your first case to your most recent case, what would you say you've improved on most in your uh, in your career and, and maybe even how you handle cases? Confidence. Yeah. I would say confidence. Um, now, that's not to say every time I go into a hearing or a trial, I don't still get the flutters in my gut. Okay. I do. And I asked a more seasoned attorney um, a few years back, I asked, I said, does that ever go away? And he told me, he said, if it does, you want to stop practicing law at that point. Oh, wow. Because you get that because you are always concerned about doing your best for your client. And I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just thought I was doing it was like that for me Youth. because I was still right, I was still mm -hmm. young, I was still new, mm -hmm. um, you know, inexperienced and things like that. But no, it was because, you know, I do want to do well. There mm -hmm. is a lot of pressure constantly mm -hmm. and I I want to do the best mm -hmm. for my client. There was one time I went into trial and I think I lost ten pounds in mm -hmm. one week. In one week, I lost him. So it's a good weight loss. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good good weight loss plan. Uh -huh. But yeah, um, and I did well. But um, yeah, it, I think I think confidence. Um, I think that has increased over time. Okay. I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm still the most confident. I'm uh -huh. not saying I've handled it all. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cases. Um, especially even in the in the criminal arena mm -hmm. a lot of them don't go to trial a lot of it's about negotiation gotcha. um, even if I want to go to trial and I know it's you know we can win a trial ultimately I'm not the one that has to uh, suffer the consequences and so you know as they say it gave me an offer I couldn't refuse right. you know uh -huh. sometimes that happens okay and so it's up to my clients to decide whether or not you know what they can live with I've mm -hmm. had cases where I'm like I know I can win this at trial mm -hmm. my client said I don't want to take the chance okay. they're giving me something that I know this is guaranteed I just want to do this get it over yeah. with and be done I don't want to take that risk there there are a lot of variables in mm -hmm. trial you don't know how a jury's going to act. You don't know how the judge is going to act. Mm -hmm. It's just so much you can control. Mm -hmm. So there's always there's always risk. Mm -hmm. So I have to listen to my clients. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I would just say my confidence continues to grow. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it will continue to do so. Okay. What would... Okay. Um, I don't necessarily want to ask you what you think you can improve on as an attorney uh, per se. What I want to ask is, 
what was your because it is the new year first month what was your new year's resolution or your new year intention to as far as a goal to accomplish professionally not to work for free okay so when you say not to work for free because you do work pro bono i do some pro bono hours right but i do have some clients that are that are required to play and, and when I say that, it's that you, it's always those clients that give you the flux. Okay. Um, um, and I, I have to say this, it's just like, just like you won't go to work for free, I have to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm the type of person, like, I hate to leave things undone. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta see it to the end, I gotta see it to the end, I gotta see it to the end. And I end up hurting myself in the end uh, with something like that, with that, with that mind frame. Okay. And a lot of people take advantage of that. Okay. But um, I have to, I have to look at my clients, and I have to know like when there's a when there's a pause point. I'm like, okay, this is a safe place place for me to pause in this case, and like really get this client back on track with me business wise okay so and like let me yeah and let, and let me make sure that i get them back on track because mm-hmm. uh and, and i can do that where it won't hurt them mm-hmm. in their case mm-hmm. and then i uh, i also won't be hurt in the end as well so we, we can both still come out winning so it sounds like you gotta have strategy even just to um in order to get paid let me ask you this do you know of any attorneys who are as strategic because what you're saying to me i've never heard but of course it's not like i hang around a bunch of attorneys or anything i do know some um but i don't you know um my lawyer so i don't know i've never heard that so a lot of attorneys would just cut the clients off doesn't matter where they are in a case nope they don't care if the client's case is hurt they don't care. Um, I've had clients come to me. I'm like, oh, my attorney just left me in the lurch and, and things like that. And I'm, I've heard of attorneys who are like, well, look, they didn't pay. So, you oh, know, I've, I've heard the stories and I at least tried to work with them because, again, I didn't get into this game just to make money. I got into it to help people. To help. Mm-hmm. But I also still have to yeah, make a living. Exactly. exactly. I have to make a living as well. So it's like it's constantly a balancing act for me. Uh-huh. You know, on helping plus paying bills. Yeah. In a way. It's like, you know, uh... it's, right. It's, it's just like, like if I can, honestly, if I married rich or right. if I was already rich or something like that, and if I can do it pro bono, I probably would. Oh, wow. I probably would because I, work then. I enjoy what I do. Mm. I really do. And even though it can be very frustrating at some sometimes, when you get those clients where, you know, you've accomplished for them what they were seeking and they, would, they just want to hug you and, mm-hmm. you know, that makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might be one case out of 15 or 20 mm-hmm. that you've, like, you've had that great success. And all those other frustrating cases, that one case makes it so worth it. it. Makes it worth it. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I think I would do it pro bono. Mm-hmm. But I'm not at that place in my life. Right. So, you pay know. me. You know? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. 
I get it. You gotta have some give and take. So at least I like I'm willing to work work with people, uh-huh. but you gotta be willing to work with me too. Okay, I got a, I got two questions, and then we can get out of here. One is where you go in uh, when you go into 26 California, the because you're going to 26 California, right? Um, we're still Zoom for the most part right now, but I used to go there quite often. Is it dirty where you go (laughs) into the parks where you have to go? I just need to know. Because as a visitor, (laughs) I have never been in jail, but to visit people, it is so filthy. Okay, so So are we talking about, okay, are we talking about the court or are we talking about the jail? The jail. Like when you go in to talk to your client, your client is behind bars and you have to go in to talk to them. I know that you guys go into like different rooms, you go in through different spaces. Are those spaces nasty and filthy too? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It might be worse than where you all oh, go. Wow. Because you guys go where you guys can't like really even touch, touch the client. Mm-hmm. Like I can go into like the same room. Like it, yeah. like it might be like a, a gym or a lunch room or like some like little conference room uh-huh. where they where they have access to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can go in there and like sit like at the same table with them and yeah. things like yeah. Like I, I like I go back so there. So like, you go like, into the fields. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's what I, well, I always wondered. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I can. Like we can. Like we can touch and. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm in there. So you're actually in there. That's I, I always was like because you see it on on television, and I'm like, that don't look as dirty as. No, 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 no. It's yeah, no, it's it's yeah. filthy. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then in the court room yeah. when I go in the back to talk to my client when yeah. they're behind bars uh-huh. that might be even worse like and there's a smell back there that is like none other it's like none other it's and it's so small it is it's so small so you don't look forward to that well in. and then just imagine I'm going there in my Guard exactly. and I'm like, yeah, and you know, I mean. they're not around women a lot, and that's so, and, but I, and I'm like, like, we're like right here, yeah. and so I'm trying to talk to my client, but I got all these guys around me, and everybody comes in, and so it's just gross. like, and so you got laser focus, and it's just like, I don't see anything, I got blinders on, mm-hmm. so yeah, just imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to ask one um, last question, which is. What do you do for self-care? Oh, so I try to vacation as much as possible. Okay. I try to do spa as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I disconnect and disengage from like social media. Um, I try to like watch my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, spend time with family. Okay. And like it and just like kinda like turn everything else off oh. when it comes to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch fa- you know, like I said, watch my favorite shows like because I gotta turn my brain off. Yeah. Like I need some some other noise on so I can turn the noise off in my and head. Because uh-huh. that's louder than anything else that's Happening. external. Okay. Yeah. So I just try to do that and then, you know, shop. 
Okay. That, that makes me happy. <laughs> what you know? is, what's your what's your um, favorite television show right now? Okay, so first of all, I like a little ratchet TV. Okay, which is fine. So I I, I gotta watch me a little bit Housewives. What's your favorite franchise? Um, the ones I like is Atlanta, Potomac, Beverly Hills, because for them I to be so money. But si for them to be so sophisticated, mm -hmm. they're so <laughs> ratchet. Uh huh. Um, and what, what's another one? Those are the main ones. Okay. Um. So I watch, I, I watch them, and then I like to talk to it with other lawyers. Oh, <laughs> so you guys. And we drink wine yeah. talking about them. That's funny. Look, not only that, we sit there and think like, you know what, well, we ain't got that money. Then we sit there and like, because we, we ain't scamming enough. Yeah. That's what it is. We got it. We ain't scamming enough. So that's what, that's why. We, we doing right. We doing right. Your, um, what was the most recent place you visited on vacation? Uh, Cancun. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, majestic. I did a lot of traveling last year. Okay. So, but that was that was the latest. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, Janita Esquire, Janita <laughs> Shambi, attorney at law. I thank you so much for coming to visit me. Thank you. You know I love you. Thank you. I I, I am so glad that uh, we were able to have this conversation. I look forward to having you on over and over again when you got something you want to talk about let me know i will so that we can um jump on even if we just do a zoom she traveled quite far to come see us guys today so even if we need to jump on zoom you want me to come out to you whatever let me know um i know you had some stuff you want to talk about today that you couldn't get into detail with because of whatever happened well when the, uh, when the supreme court lifts this uh this injunction on the safety act i do want to bring that back out because there are so many myths uh -huh. out there regarding that okay but uh when, when they lift that then um let's see what what kwame can do okay and then we'll we'll get into that so people can know that facts Real, on that true yeah awesome exactly okay well thank you so much you guys for listening thank you again janita for coming out and until next time thanks for battling with me bye okay ba 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 babbling with brandy